Hello, welcome to the Roarcast. Today we're bringing you an in-focus episode on a topic that often goes a bit under the radar, but I think is increasingly important, hearing damage. I'm sure many of you, like me, really enjoy the experience of loud music. But how sustainable is this for our ears? And how do you know if you're at risk of hearing loss in the first place? As per usual, I'm joined by Tom, but we also have another guest, and it's another Tom. Tom Trones from Minuendo. Tom is passionate about music. He is a guitar player and backing singer who has made it his mission to maintain our enjoyment of music whilst protecting our hearing with the Minuendo earplugs. Now, this isn't a sponsored podcast, but I do think Minuendo earplugs are really cool, so I will leave a link in the description to their website if you want to check it out after the interview. Hope you enjoy the episode! 
So, yeah, I'm not sure uh, if I was like super aware more than him, but I w- was always the one putting toilet paper in my ear when when I was out to discotheques and these kind of things because I just didn't want to risk it. Yeah, it's something that when I was, I don't know, early 20s and younger, I would go to a concert and be like, oh, look, my ears are ringing. It's the sign of a good concert, you know? <laughs> and uh, now I'm like, oh, yeah, that wasn't good. Yeah. At what age did you become aware of this as an issue? And at what age were you going to gigs and sticking toilet paper in your ears? You know, it was from early days, 16, 17, pretty much. Yeah. So um, more generally, what? when did you start music? And give us like a little brief overview of your background in music and all of your life, what you've been doing. <laughs> So my father, he was always, you know, really talented at playing piano and lots of my cousins, etc. was playing piano. So I started piano when I was seven. And then when I hit puberty, something clicked and I wanted to play guitar instead. So that quickly just took over. Cool. All right. Well, let's get on to hearing loss. What your, would you say it's your passion? I mean, not having hearing loss, of course. <laughs> not <laughs> having hearing loss. <laughs> not not having hearing loss is a strange passion, but I have seen a lot of friends and colleagues in the music business, you know, starting to lose their hearing and getting tinnitus and mm-hmm. just trouble with their hearing from a very early age, and that's impacting if they can do they, their job and how they do it. So you know, I have that closeness to the issue, mm. and then um, as a passionate musician, but not really controlling contributing much to the history uh, of the arts in this way I, I at least can have a larger reach and affect more people in that way well it must really affect people's lives not just musicians anyone really that's dealing with loud noises absolutely it's not just a matter of how loud things are most people don't realize it's a kind of product of loudness and time so the time of exposure and also how much breaks you have in between. So it's really important for the ears to have breaks and then, you know, even moderate sound levels can be dangerous over time. Playing acoustic instruments in a small rehearsal studio, for example, Mm -hmm. you wouldn't think that would be damaging to the ears, uh, but uh, you might rehearse 10, 12 hours a day. (laughs) And throughout a career, that really adds up. Yeah. Have you got particular numbers in terms of decibel level and therefore then duration of time where something becomes dangerous? Yeah, so so there's a, there's a table that is quite widely adopted, which is like if you, you can sustain 85 decibels for eight hours without really taking on too much risk of hearing damage. If you increase by 3 dB, then you can stay half the time. So at 88 dB, then only four hours and then 91 dB that's only two hours and up mm. at 100 decibels where most rock concerts or not even that loud concerts then you can stay for only 15 minutes without incurring that risk of hearing damage mm. and if you're up against 110 120 decibels then it's a very short amount of time you can stay in those environments mm. without incurring a lot of risk that's kind of amazing isn't it so you you literally go from being able to listen to something at 85 decibels for eight hours to then as soon as you get up to 100 decibels we're talking about 15 minutes yeah yeah that's a real difference Mm. in time and it shows that just turning something down a little bit you give yourself a lot more time to be able to enjoy something i suppose yeah 
most people aren't really well adept at figuring out if sound around them is dangerous or not. Yes. Even those working in construction, they might know to put on their um, earmuffs when they're about to saw through some metal or bang on a pipe or something like that but if your friend does it then you don't have time to do that or you know just that general intuition of how much noise you can take in a day and not get damage from it humans aren't really very good at that that's what we're seeing huge amounts of hearing loss and hearing damage even if you have good products that isolate you from that sound and for people who maybe aren't instantly familiar with what 85 decibels sounds like as opposed to 100 do you have things to compare them to in in normal life or even just when you're going around with headphones on and you've got them up pretty high what kind of decibel level are we talking there so in your ear it's kind of hard to to say but uh, 85 db would be like shouting if there's traffic noise at 85 dB on a rainy day and you know, you're know you walking next to a highway, then you have to shout in order to be heard or understood. So that's it's quite loud. Mm. In your ears, if you're sitting a few meters away and someone's have their uh, AirPods in or whatever, and you can hear what music they're listening to, that's going to be really loud in the ear because each doubling of distance is uh, 3 to 6 dB. So that very close to the ear canal, that can certainly be 100 decibels. Mm. And, you know, you see people falling asleep with 100 dB in their (laughs) ears, and um, that's going to really take a toll. Do you find that noise-cancelling devices are good in terms of they shut out sound around you and so you can have the volume a bit lower? I would uh, not say that that has a huge impact, but what does have a big impact potentially, if you're disciplined enough to actually turn the volume down, is earphones that have really good seal. So, Mm. you know, memory foam that fits really well in your ear or closed over the ear headphones. So the ones I'm wearing now, they are open and a lot of studio microphones for mixing would be relatively open, but for recording, they would be closed so they don't, you know... uh, leak into the microphone for example so they would do a better job because then it would be quieter inside of the earphones or headphones and then you would need to put it up that loud and noise cancelling they can help a little bit in the bass frequencies like under one kilohertz then they are more efficient so then then they might give a little bit extra but in general i would say yeah just having something that is closed off is uh, the most useful thing So we've talked about a few different causes, but are there particularly common causes? I was quite surprised to even hear traffic. It's something that I feel like is often a gentle hum of people's lives. But there are things that, like traffic, especially, maybe this is how I'm perceiving it, things that are often lower in frequency, I often feel are harder for me to distinguish whether it's loud. Maybe I've got hearing loss mm. in that. But I don't know if it's just because it has that feels gentler than something that's like high frequency and you're like, whoa, that's in my face. Yeah, I think your intuition there is is quite good because uh, the lower frequency noise, even though it's quite high, is uh, less damaging to your ear. Oh. And usually you get damage in the area where the noise has been loud. I see. And the most important area of hearing is the area of speech like 300 hertz to 3 to 5 kilohertz and then if you have uh, high noise and noise damage in that area that affects your way of hearing speech and that has a really big impact on the quality of life Mm. in what ways does it affect people's lives 
Apart from, the, well, I guess the obvious, just communication becomes yeah. a problem. Yeah, and there's a extremely well-defined correlation between hearing loss and dementia and early death. Oh, wow. Yes, so it's, <laughs> it's, 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 uh, it's quite, wow. quite serious. So we're not exactly sure of how that interaction works, you know, what comes first. But uh, it's this social isolation that happens that sets off this very negative spiral. Um, and that happens for, for most elderly, but also for younger ones that lose their, their hearing. So there's a clear link between hearing damage and early death, you know, through other steps. And quality of life, things are going out to a restaurant, not being able to hear uh, what your family around you, what they're saying. You feel lonely even though you're amongst a ton of people. I think it becomes a matter of pride as well, doesn't it? In terms of if your hearing has been a certain way and you're in a social situation, you don't want to admit that you haven't heard someone. And if you can tell they're kind of talking at a normal volume and you see people whose hearing declines and they kind of are trying to fill in the gaps and it's also just extra brain work and makes all those social situations much more stressful. Absolutely, yeah. Mm. Even just, um, I don't know, if someone mumbles and you don't want to ask too many times, like, what did you say? So I can imagine that if that's a constant, it's uh, quite stressful. Yeah. Yeah. Have you found that particular age demographics you've worked with and have been more or less affected? It's been quite broad, actually. I think mostly from musicians that are maybe uh, 20s, mid-20s and up, all the way up to people that already have hearing damage and tinnitus, musicians in their 60s that don't want to incur more hearing loss and they want to protect themselves so it doesn't get worse. So it's been a quite large range. I think there's still potential to reach you know, young kids going to discotheques and clubs. I think that's where a lot of the kind of early hearing loss, uh, we see a lot of tinnitus pop up in the, in the early teens or late teens I would say that's an age group that's hard to reach out to as well because you know they it's like you said Beth you just didn't think about it too much or mm-hmm. you know when you're young you don't really care you think you're invincible yeah <laughs> but investing in a good pair of earplugs is kind of an investing in yourself so that you can do what you love for a lot longer especially as a musician and most people love music and want to enjoy that until they're very old. Yeah, I read and I, I sent this article to you, but um, an article from, from the WHO actually back from 2019, so three years ago now, yeah. saying that nearly 50% of people aged between 12 and 35, which is about 1.1 billion people, yeah. are at risk of hearing loss. Yeah. Uh, and mainly just due to the fact that all of these audio devices and listening to a lot of music. Yeah. Do you feel like from from obviously the research that you've looked over and everything and all the experience that you've got that that is an accurate number? You know, it's those big numbers are unrelatable. And so whenever you're <laughs> like the mm-hmm. millions and, and billions that, you know, you, you can't feel what those numbers mean. But I, I think it is very defining of the culture when you see people going out to clubs and it being super loud. In, in Norway, we have this uh, celebration at the end of high school they invest in the the biggest and loudest pa systems they can get and they just <laughs> like shove their heads inside <laughs> there's no regard for the the future and that it has an impact so it feels like it's true <laughs> and i think uh, a challenge is to you know try to communicate that in a way that isn't like finger wagging 
So yeah. trying to find positive spins on, you know, okay, if you wear earplugs at a club, you can actually hear what people are saying because it dampens the sound into a more linear way for your ear to experience or or hear voice and then you can actually hear what people are saying better because oh, that's uh, so interesting yeah uh, because it, it's in a better working range for your for your hearing and you know going to a concert you maybe have spent 100 pounds on a concert or a festival and everything sounds shit because you just use the simple earplugs if you at all use anything so i don't think loud music is going away you know, I love feeling that bass in your chest. You can't really expect the noise levels to go down that much. You know, I want people, I want myself to have that experience, but I know it's possible to have that experience in, and hear things in a really clear and good way by using good earplugs. So. Is it that it takes away like the real high end and low end frequencies that are within, or what do you mean by a, a linear sound? If it's way too loud, it kind of pushes your hearing out and into a non-linear area, just like the diaphragm of a microphone when you're too close to it or you belt into it. It, mm. it kind of peaks out and it, I'm not saying that is exactly the way that the eardrum works, but in general, the, the hearing system goes into more of this like overdrive. When you reduce the sound overall in a relatively flat way, then it puts it into a more ideal mode of operating. You have, even though everything's turned down a bit, it feels like you have more dynamic range in that area. Then I guess you're getting more clarity, as you said, over those the speech register range then. Yeah. That's really cool. Okay. We're going to do the quick fire round. Are you okay. ready? Mm-hmm. Tea or coffee? Tea. Musical lyrics? Music. Creativity or logic? Logic. Plane or train? Plane. Beer or wine? Beer. Sweet treats or savoury snacks? Savoury snacks. City or countryside? City. Matching or odd socks? Ooh, matching. (laughs) Guitar or piano? Oh, guitar. (laughs) Friday night in or Friday night out? Ah, these days out. (laughs) Modern or vintage? Modern. Black and white or Technicolor? Uh, Technicolor. Moose or mouse? (laughs) Moose. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I'm Scottish. Did I tell Ah, you? (laughs) (laughs) Moose. Moose. What a fantastically, genuinely quick, quick fire round. It was, actually. Hello everyone! Before we head to the second half, I wanted to tell you about my new channel, Roar! I am passionate about teaching, and part of that is because I'm passionate about the learning process. In each video, I will be exploring this process, often pushing myself out of my comfort zone and trying to see what it takes to acquire a new skill. It's loads of fun, but also sometimes terrifying to try out new things. But I love doing these videos and working with people who are experts in their fields to help me through each experience. These videos have already taught me a lot about learning and have helped me so much as a teacher, so I can't wait to make more videos to share with you. And I hope you can join me on my journey. You can find the new channel at youtube.com roar rar. That's R O A R 
R-A-W-R, or there's a link to follow in the description. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Tell us then uh, about Minuendo which is your company and how it came about and why you wanted to set it up. So it's based on three years of research in membrane technology, basically at a research organization in Trondheim in Norway. And uh, we were four guys that started the company about three and a half years ago. And uh, we wanted to commercialize that technology. So it's basically a spin-out from a research organization. We launched the product about... Uh, one year ago and then we've sold internationally for about a year so it's been going really well and uh, we're now 11 people and still growing so it's uh, it's it's kind of it's a fun thing to be a startup in the music industry you know it's kind of a, a mix between accessories and music instruments so getting to work with a lot of both uh, influencers and artists I look up to and getting great feedback from the community. That's been really fun for me personally. And helping people as well. So super nice. Yeah. (laughs) It is. Well, I I think that it is really important and it isn't something that's discussed enough. And as you say, it's really cool to see a product that is, I don't know, making anti-hearing loss cool. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Or trying to find a way that it's more accessible because, you know, you're so right when you're young, you're just like, whatever. And it's really nice to see a company being like, right, we're going to actually make it for everyone and make it something that people understand why it's important. Yeah. So where would you wear your earplugs? So uh, uh, we in the company, you know, we wear it anywhere where we like. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, as I was alluding to, you might not spend like 130 pounds on something just to mow the lawn. Mm. For most people, you would need to want to experience sound in a very clear and neutral way and not experience that loss of fidelity that you normally associate with earplugs. So even though we think there's a lot of situations for that, uh, there's a cost also to it so i mean we we use it when uh, in traffic on airplanes at children's birthday parties at home and you have 17 you know five-year-olds running around crazy <laughs> most, <laughs> most people's homes aren't uh, acoustically treated for that kind of ear trauma (laughs) (laughs) it's super interesting though actually isn't it how when you're exposed to a particular level of sound just over a certain amount of time how much that we filter it out 
until it's not there. So, I mean, yeah. even I was just literally thinking of the cooker hood when it's on or whatever, or like the fridge when it buzzes. And, and over time, your brain just completely filters it out. And it's only when the absence of that sound is there that you realize actually how much it's been kind of interfering with things. Yeah, absolutely. It also made me realize how much my little sister's probably damaged my hearing as children they were so noisy <laughs> now i'm like ah, oh, you guys <laughs> i was just like ah. <laughs> it's really cool because earplugs what i often would think of is something that i'm like well i'm gonna get fuzzy sound i'm not gonna hear anything correctly then i'm yeah. gonna lose the experience and for me this is actually one of the first times that i've heard of something that really is is keeping that experience clear yeah. and that's something that's really different one topic that i'd like to go into a bit is wearing earplugs for singers so we don't have too much feedback yet from singers mm. wearing our product, but we've heard from other musicians like uh, wind and brass players yeah. who are very sensitive to the occlusion effect. So mm -hmm. when, whenever you put something in your ear, ear canal, it kind of emphasizes the low frequencies. So you feel that when you put your finger in your ear, mm -hmm. it's, it's very like bassy. Yes. And for singers, knowing your own tone and finding that pitch really well is super important so i think there's a both a positive side and a negative side for singers using earplugs so mm -hmm. uh, mostly you practice without so mm -hmm. whenever you put something in your ear canal and you get that occlusion effect then you might lose your reference points a little bit sometimes when you know i, I play in this cover band and uh, i sing some backing vocals and if i use earplugs then i can use that to my ad advantage because then i can hear my voice a little bit better and I'm, uh, I'm not as reliant on perfect monitoring on stage especially as a backing vocalist that's not always possible or the case mm -hmm. <laughs> where you have perfect listening environment so i think it would be great to get more feedback from the singing community on how they wear earplugs and also the same effects would be for in-ear monitoring mm -hmm. because then you're kind of plugging up your ear canal as well yeah i think there's quite um a mixed review on some people really love their in-ear monitors i i know that yours are a bit more soft yeah. than in-ears and that i think is really helpful for singers because yeah. you can move your jaw and everything a little bit more and sometimes people feel a little bit like it might change something i certainly could see a real benefit because there's times especially if you are working in a covers band or like you know you work at a wedding where you're not going to get good monitoring as you say yeah. and often you're standing in front of the drums uh so you know you, you can hardly hear yourself having something that can help you with that when you don't have the availability of in-ears or anything or another monitoring type system yeah. could be really really helpful i think for a mm -hmm. lot of singers i would imagine getting used to it can be interesting as well you might have to practice yeah. with it as well i would think so and you know our last gig our monitoring situation was different from the way we had rehearsed and you mm. know put everyone a little bit out of whack yeah <laughs> so i think rehearsing as much as possible close to the gigging situation is important and if you're going to use earplugs, it probably would be good to use them in rehearsals anyway, because yeah. it's maybe even going to be louder if you're in a small room or you're, yeah. you know, you're more confined than, you know, whatever stage you're on or big hall. As you're saying, also the, the in-ears and also the, the custom molded earplugs, they have a stiffer material. So every time you move your jaw, you might experience this clicking in and out. So sometimes you have great fit. And then if you move your jaw, a little bit out of position then 
it kind of opens up and bypasses and then you're not as protected so and this variability was to me very annoying when yeah. i use that so yeah i guess that squeegeeness for you yeah. know find a better word but um <laughs> is really beneficial for singers because you are kind of slightly adjusting your ear canal all the time mm. by that movement yeah. And I think that that's something where people find in-ears a little bit uncomfortable. After a certain amount of singing in them, it might start off fine, and then that little movement can even be painful after a while, mm. dependent on your in-ears, of course. Yeah. Do you want to dive into some of the product spec then, in terms of like what is unique about your particular earplugs? And also, I think you've got a new product coming out. It says on your website, quarter yeah. one, 2022, which we're now Ooh. in. So. Yes. <laughs> so... Uh... It's for a different gang. So the, the new product is uh, for construction industry and other people that are exposed to high noise all day through. Their uh, employers have a stronger responsibility for them not to lose their hearing. It's basically a collar and some earplugs with microphones in them. And they're continuously measuring the noise in your ear and then alerting you by vibration and sound if you're at risk. So if you forget to put them in, you're alerted to put them in. And then if it's still too loud, uh, if you're doing something you know, quite extreme with a jackhammer or something like that, then they would alert you to put muffs on top of them because uh, dual protection is quite established in a lot of those fields. So that's the product and it's connected to a data service where you would get a message if you how your noise was at work today if you have enough dose left exposure dose to go to your concert or your hobby brand uh, practice in the evening you know if you spent all your exposure dose in the daytime you kind of have to be quiet the rest of the day and to not incur hearing loss so we think that can be a, a real game changer for that industry because we see that you know some of our pilot customers they have 60 to 70 percent of their workers have hearing loss and some of them have a really you know a zero harm goal no one should get sick or ill health from working at our company and still maybe 60 70 percent mm. do get that so there's a big discrepancy and there hasn't really been good enough products and processes around this that are interconnected or innovation in this field for a long time. So we're quite excited about launching that. So it's quite different field than for, for the musician product, uh, which is much simpler. So the musician product is unique in the way that they are adjustable and high fidelity. So they are membrane based. So the same filters that you would find in musicians, custom old earplugs. It's just that we, based on that research that was done before we started the company, they are tunable, so we can tune from 7 dB to 25 dB attenuation, so from quite open to quite closed, mm -hmm. and still retain a flat frequency response. So that means a, a natural sound across that range. So they're very open. It's almost like the emperor's uh, clothes when you have them in the open position because you almost don't notice that you're wearing anything at all. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then if you go to mid position, it's around 15 dB, which would be good for a rehearsal or a concert. And then if you're mowing the lawn, you might want to go to the full 25 dB attenuation. So this adjustability is, uh, while keeping the sound really flat, is the, the key innovation. And But we were also seeing that there's a lot of these creature comforts that are really important so that it has a leash with a magnet. It snaps uh, around your neck. Uh, we have uh, 11 different tips so that anyone can find 
something that fits in their ear canal so we've made it the threshold always very very low for people to get started so there's you know 30 day try and return if you can't get a good fit then you can send them back and get your money back in and the 10 year warranty so we we just want to you know put the threshold as low as possible for people to give it a try and uh, make that investment in their hearing yeah really go yeah although it's also in comparison to the amount of money that people spend on headphones or on whatever any kind of audio product then i would say it's extremely affordable right it's like 150 dollars 160 dollars yes so it's all a matter of perspective so compared to a yellow foam uh, 10 cent (laughs) the cheapest thing then it's expensive but if you compare to any other audio products then it's not that bad but i feel like yeah you get a lot more than a little bit of foam (laughs) that is true that is true for sure So how would you know you're suffering from hearing loss? It's something that I feel like comes on quite slowly. And Mm. how can you be checked as well? So you could do like a pure tone audiometry uh, at an audiologist or a hearing doctor at an ear, nose, throat, potentially. Yeah. So you can get that checked up. And if you know that you're constantly in a loud environment at work for example then it's obligatory to do it maybe once every year or three years the trouble is that when you do that it's kind of too late (laughs) when you pick up on it because uh, those measurements do have a quite large variability so i would say checking more often then it's uh, there's a larger chance of picking it up before it's gone too far maybe every three to six months if you're constantly in a very loud environment You might also um, have some signs if you're out and you're struggling more than others hearing what's being said and maybe you're having some other issues with your hearing like uh, hyperacusis or tinnitus, Mm -hmm. then I would, you know, maybe check that out because usually tinnitus can be a sign either it's you know, due to some other stress, but sometimes it can be an early onset uh, hearing damage that you haven't really picked up on yet. And, you know, like, as I was saying, you get your slight tinnitus, like, after a concert, which I thankfully will say that I haven't had in quite some time. How do you know when that is? I mean, I'm sure that's a certain amount of damage, but how do you know when that's too much damage? Yeah. So usually it's you get these temporary threshold shifts, so Mm -hmm. TTS, but you don't know that it's temporary until it's passed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And if it's lasting for many, many days, then it's getting more and more probable that it might be something permanent. But there's this myth around you. Once you get tinnitus, you know, it can never be healed or uh, it's just in your head and these kind of things. Mm. There are great, great solutions if you go to audio therapists that can really help you out with that. So there's a, a lot of despair in this, uh, oh no, it's, it's real, I have tinnitus and mm. it's so bad. There's a real message of hope there that um, if you find a good audio therapist, then a lot can be done. I feel like it's a more common thing than a lot of people know. Or do you know like a, a rough percentage of people who, who suffer from that? The literature has a very wide range. So it's like between 5 and 30% or something like that. So probably it's somewhere in between. Maybe maybe 15 to 20% have some kind of hearing related issue mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, it's quite high though. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here and telling us all about hearing loss. I I think it's such an important subject, so thanks again. 
thank you so much for taking the time to have me on. It's been a real pleasure. And uh, if people want to find you or want to find out about Minuendo, where is the best place for them to do that? Minuendo.com. Awesome. Easy. All right. <laughs> yeah. See you later. Thank Thanks you. So. Bye. Bye. Big thanks to Tom for his time and insights. As he just said, the best place to check him out is at minuendo.com and that link is in the description. If you have any questions about this episode or others, please do get in touch with us by emailing tom at bethroars.com. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please do subscribe, rate and review us on your app of choice. It really helps us share these episodes with new people. If you'd like to get early access to the new episodes and support the podcast, please do head over to patreon.com slash bethroars. Once again, massive thanks to Tom Trones and to the other Tom who produced and edited this episode. And of course, to all of you for listening. <laughs> <laughs>